Well, hey, good morning, everybody. So glad to be with you. My name's Nate. If this is your first time here, this is Jim, one of our pastors. And can we welcome everybody online real quick to say hello to you and hopefully everybody's safe this week. Uh, so glad to be with you, especially as we kick off this brand new series called Yes. And uh, we're excited. Actually, well, I want to celebrate this with everybody. Uh, we've handed out almost 3,000 of these journals. Uh, which means this, you guys are hungry for the word of God. And you're saying, Jesus, in this new year, I wanna say yes to you. And actually, this is what this series is all about. In the midst of our confusion, in the midst of all of our interruptions, in the midst of our calendars changing, our heart with this series is this. We know we're going, there's so many discussions about what do we do and how do we make decisions today? We just said, what if we took a time out and just really focused on what Jesus said yes to when he came and he walked this earth and then what Jesus said yes to, let's make that become our yes. And so that way, no matter what we're going through, we're going, this is what we're going to say yes to over and over again. Uh, for the next six weeks, we're going to walk through the book of Mark. It's one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're just going to walk through that book because we're going to see what Jesus did. And then we're going to align our life to what he did. And uh, what was so cool is this series, uh, the reason why Jim is up here, one, I want to introduce you guys to him. He's one of our uh, new pastors and he's come in, he's, he oversees a number of our staff and he is to invest in the staff because as staff and pastors, our job is to invest into you to equip you for God's work that he has for you to pour into your life. And so Jim is investing in a number of our staff. He's also investing into our leadership community here. We want to impart as much of God into you as we can so you can be faithful to your calling. And actually, this series is Jim's fault. And uh, no, 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 really, you're going, oh man, throwing him, the new guy under the bus. Actually, it was Jim's idea. I, I said, hey, Jim, as we start, when he came on staff in August, I said, the world is changing for us. We have to figure out how to do church in a brand new way. You know, we've got about 75, 70% uh, of our church still online. And we're going, hey, we're having to reach online. We're wanting to invest into you here in person. Our world is changing. And I said, Jim, could you come and do a training for our staff about how we can focus when everything seems out of focus. And what he shared that day with us really uh, was the beginning of this series of what God would do. And so I just asked him, one, uh, Jim, I wanted to introduce him to you guys, but then two, I said, Jim, would you just share what you shared with us that day? I remember it clearly, because uh, it, it rocked my world and it gave me a fresh perspective and then it gave me a greater uh, joy that Jesus brought you here because you're smarter than me. And, uh, and I'm like, this is what we need is people smarter than us in the room. And so would you share a little bit about that teaching that you trained into us that day about how we can say yes to the Lord? Yeah, I'll try to do that really quick, and thanks for letting me be up here. This is a challenge to try to do this in a couple of minutes, but I'll go as quick as I can. Uh, the context first was trying to wrestle with what do we need to hear, and you can never go wrong with saying, well, go back and, you know, what did you say yes to the first time to Jesus? Say yes to that, you know, double down on whatever you've already committed to, and maybe clear out some of the clutter. And so that was the heartbeat behind it. I was coming out of a church where uh, we had done a study, we'd done a communications audit, and we were trying to say, how many questions, how many asks do we have of our congregation? We looked at the average family of four, and we realized that we were asking 37 things of them per month. That's just the church. Then you've got the school, then you've got work, then you've got society, and we know that the world's noisy. We know that everyone's clamoring for our attention, and what are we going to do? In a pandemic, it's even harder because there's new rules, new ideas, new concepts, new fears. And so just being bombarded. And so what we talked about in that first staff meeting that we were doing some training was, how do we deepen our yes? 
What does it look like with a noisy world to deepen that? And we looked at examples from Nehemiah. We looked at examples from the life of Christ, those kind of things. But one of the things that we looked at was a, a book that I referenced that I'd read probably eight years earlier from William Urey, and it's called The Power of a Positive No. Not a Christian book, but we baptized it that day. It was good stuff. There's a <laughs> quote up here I'd love for us just to look at real quick. It says this from page 27. Perhaps the single biggest mistake we make when we say no is to start from no. We derive our no from what we're against, the other's demand or behavior. A positive no calls us to do the exact opposite and base our no on what we're for. Root your no in a deeper yes, a yes that is to your core interest and to what truly matters. And so again, it was just kind of saying, what would it look like if our, our yes got deeper? As a staff, I'm not trying to change our yes, I'm just trying to help us deepen it. And man, it spread like wildfire. Yeah. Well, we didn't know what to say, you know, in this changing world, we're, we're trying to figure out what do we say no to, what about this? And, and then you reminded, don't, don't lead with no, lead with yes. And, and, and let Jesus be the yes, pour into that, and then all of your no's can follow and give you the freedom. And we know when you say yes to something, that means you're saying no to something else. Uh, now, as a family, you guys had a massive yes this year. Uh, turns out I tried to hire Jim four years ago uh, to be part of our life groups team. As we were growing, we needed more leadership, uh, more wisdom, uh, more training. And uh, you said no uh, to me four years ago. Uh, but in June, what was neat was you, you called and said, hey, I think the Lord's kind of doing something. Here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and yet you're still listening to that. Tell me, and here's, I've got a picture of Jim's family, uh, incredible family, the Props family. Jim is a 49-year-old grandpa with a six-year-old daughter. And so you talk about a lot of demands on your life. You've got to run the gamut of what are you saying yes and no to in school and grandparenting and everything. Talk, walk us through how you said yes to moving in the midst of a pandemic, that's what they're saying well, you're not supposed to do right now, right? Because there's no certainty. Yeah, don't it, move. It's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's the goal. Right. I really don't. I think it's about hearing God's voice. And we loved our previous church. We loved the people. There was security. There was uh, comfort. There's familiarity. All those great things. But we knew at that time that God was releasing us from there and calling us to something else. And yeah, it's scary in a pandemic. And in our case, at 9 o'clock every night, we were praying as a family, going, okay, Lord, what's it going to be? Every night at 9 o'clock, here's what we think we're being led to. What does this look like? And inviting the kids into it because it's their lives changing too. Yeah. And, uh, man, this, it's a hard yes, but it's the right yes. And so we were really trying to, as a friend of mine would say, get within listening distance of God. What does it look like to be in a posture and a place where you can hear him well? Because the stakes are high. And it's, it's, not, uh, it's not conventional to move in a pandemic. It's not conventional to try and get into a church where the church is closed. And so there's a lot of challenges, but man, we're glad we did it. Tell me what you're experiencing. We know we, we sense, sense that anxiousness yeah. of maybe God calling. It terrifies us. We make the decision. Tell me what you are experiencing on the other side of the yes now. Yeah, happily. Yeah. So uh, this just in, and when you say yes, that's not your last yes. And, and when you say yes, whatever it is, it's your job, it's a, a new school, it's a, uh, a new roommate or whatever it might be, there's the next morning and you got to say yes again. And whatever that yes is, it's, it's followed by a thousand little no's because you've already spent your yes. And we love it. We love that we get to say yes here and, and Lord willing, we're here for a long time. We know that every assignment is temporary uh, on this side of the of heaven, but uh, we are so excited about what God's doing. The potential is ridiculously high here. 
the calling is clear here, and I can't wait to see what God does with us and, and certainly with us as we lean into God's best yes. Yeah. Now, I'm excited for Jim to be able to pour in more, not just to me, but our staff and to us as a church family. And can we just say thank you and encourage him right now for just being obedient to the Lord and grateful for you, my man. Love to get to do this with you. And uh, this is the joy. This is really the joy of getting to be the church together is that all of us have a yes to make. This is actually what makes us the church is that all of us in this room get to say yes to Jesus. There's different yeses that we have for some of you. You know there's been something that God has been stirring on your heart that you know you should have said yes to a long time ago. For some of you, you're sensing right now God might be stirring your heart for something else. And, and this is why the church, we need each other because you're going, can you pray for me? I've got some big decisions to make right now. And I'm trying to seek this out. Uh, one of my favorite books that I came across in preparation for this, uh, it's a lady by the name of Lisa Turkhurst. She wrote a great Christian book called The Best Yes. Uh, I highly encourage this book. And this is what she says about our yes with Jesus and understanding why our yes matters. She says, whenever you say yes to something, there is less of you for something else. See, that's why your yes matters. Because wherever you put your yes, there's less of you somewhere else. That's why for some of you today, man, you are dog tired. You're worn out. And the, really the reason why you're worn out is because you have like 15,000 yeses out there. And you're saying yes to everything. And you're going, the reason why you're tired is because there's less of you everywhere else. And this is our hope within this series is that we begin to narrow in on the most important yes. That frees us up to say no to some things in our life. Uh, there's a Cornell study that I came across as I was researching this about how many decisions you and I make in a day. And I, I thought this number was made up until I read a little bit more. Uh, this study from Cornell University said this, that you and I subliminally uh, make these decisions, maybe consciously or unconsciously we make this, but you and I make 35,000 decisions a day about yes and no. Yes and no. Matter of fact, we have a big decision in our house this week. It's been like this in our kitchen for a week. I got a picture of what our kitchen looks like right now. We just can't decide what color to paint the kitchen. And uh, we're gonna ask you for prayer after the service for me and my wife on this, you know, because we're going, you know, we're back and forth and we're not fighting over the color. The worry is this, whatever we say yes to, we're worried, are we gonna like our yes? And so we're delaying as long as we can before we say yes, because once we say yes, we're stuck, man. And it's like, I only painting once, man. I'm not painting to the kitchen two or three times. And this is what happens with all of us. We have all these decisions. What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? And this is why we're walking through the book of Mark because Mark, and I love this about Mark, Mark is a guy who's like, let's get to the point. I wanna get to the yeses right now. Actually in the gospel of Mark, he skips the entire birth story about Jesus and gets right to his ministry. He's like, you can read about that in Luke's gospel, right? Actually, a lot of scholars and theologians believe that Mark's gospel was the first gospel. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but chronologically, they believe Mark's gospel was the first gospel, and he wrote with a sense of urgency. And I begin to go, man, why is he flying through this? 41 times, Mark says this in his gospel, the word immediately. Immediately, Jesus did this. He said this. He did this. 75% of the verses in the book of Mark begin with the word and. And then Jesus did this. And then Jesus did this. And then he said yes to this. And then he went here. And you see Mark writing in this. We're going to look next week at how Jesus 14 times throughout the book of Mark got a way to pray. Prayer is a priority. When you and I are going to say yes to Jesus, we got to say yes to prayer. 
It fuels our life. It deepens our yes. Here was the other thing that I, I recognized when I began to study more about the book of Mark. He wrote it in 70 AD. In 70 AD, as I began to look what's going on, uh, Titus, the Roman emperor, came and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Which meant this, for the Jews, this was more religious and political chaos. For Christians, this meant more persecution. And Mark writes to remind Christians of their yes in Jesus. See, the world is going to distract us. It is going to take us everywhere else. And you and I are going to be called, especially over the next six weeks, to deepen our yes in Jesus. But here's the good news about our yes in Jesus. Our yes in Jesus is always a better yes. Whenever you and I say yes to Jesus, it's better than anything else we could say yes to. It's better. It's better than any security we think we can have. Jesus is always a better yes. And, and if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 1. It'll be up on the screen. And I want to invite you to bring your journal every week to take notes in the sermon. So when you go back to your life group, you'll be able to share what God spoke to you. But listen what it says in Mark chapter 1. Mark draws our attentions in chapter 1. And today's going to be kind of like a 30,000 foot overview when you say yes to Jesus, you're going, what all am I in for, right? Some of you here today, you're going, I'm not ready to follow Jesus. I want a few more answers. I want to know what's going on. Mark's going to lay it out. He's going to give us a 30,000 foot overview of what it looks like to say yes to him. This is what it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says, after John the Baptist was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Jesus goes in saying, hey, here's the yes calling from God, that God loves you and he's for you. And he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. So repent and believe the good news. God is near to you, so come and say yes to him. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of Men. Now, I know that's kind of that Christianese talk. You're like, fishers of men. We're supposed to hit people over the head with rods and reels. No, no, no. I'm going to explain that in a little bit, all right? But what he goes on to say is this. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hired men and followed him. Can you imagine that family conversation? Son, where are you going? Following Jesus. Now, kids, you don't get to use that excuse today to not do your chores. Right? You know, Lily, why aren't you doing your chores? Following Jesus. I'll see you later. Right? Jesus is calling me to drop my nets. I'm not going to do my chores. That's not what the text is saying. But here's what happens in this moment real quick. Mark reminds them, hey, this is what the calling of Jesus is. When we say yes to him, he's going, I have a bunch of yeses for you. But here's the good news. Before you and I ever say yes to Jesus, we can't forget this. Jesus has already said yes to us. Jesus has already said yes to you today. Jesus has already said, yes, I want to lead you today. Yes, I want to save you today. Yes, I have plans for you today. You don't have to worry about all the decisions you got to make in life. All you need to know about is this. All of your decisions need to come out of the yes that Jesus already has for you. Some of you are going, well, what, what does that mean? Here's what this means. I want you to write this down if you're, if you're taking notes. There's three big things in this passage that we're going to look at today that Jesus says yes to you and I that are so important to us today. First one is this. And the yes from Jesus to us is that you find ourselves. 
We find who we are in Jesus's yes to us. When he says the kingdom of God has come near, we find ourselves. The second thing is this, we find our way forward. We find who we are. We find what God has called us to do. And then here's the last thing, we find our purpose in life. We find why we're here. See, all of what Jesus is talking about when he says yes to us, he answers the biggest questions that you and I have in life. Here's what happens though in the book of Mark. Sometimes we can read this and it can sound strange. Like, so if Jesus were just to come up to me without me knowing him and I'm, I'm a fisherman, I'm just, God, you just want me to quit my job today and just start following you. Let me explain a little bit of the passage here. There's a year between Jesus showing up and saying the kingdom of God is near and come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And here's why there's a year. This is what Jesus knows. He comes and he is relational and this is what Jesus knows. You and I, we don't trust anybody we don't know, do we? For some of you, you've been coming to church here maybe for a year and you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet or not because here's what's happening. You're in process of going, do I really, who is this guy? I'm not gonna follow anybody I don't know. I'm trying to seek this out for all the people that I've had a chance just to sit down. I love when people you know, have questions about God. I love to sit with them and help them understand more about who God is. And can I just let you know, everybody who I've sat down who's had questions about God, they never say this. They never start with, Nate, I'm on a quest for God. You know what they say? Most of the time, this is what they say. Nate, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find who I am. In this season, as an empty nester, I'm trying to find who I am. In this season, as a, as a new parent, I, I'm trying to find who I am. In the season of maybe being let go from my job, I'm trying to find who I am. I don't know who I am. This is why Jesus starts by saying, hey, the kingdom of God has come near to you. See, when we come near to God because he's come near to us, what happens is this, you and I begin to know who we are. He begins to tell us who we are. Matter of fact, you and I don't know who we are until we know who God is. This is why the kingdom of God has come near to us. This is what makes Jesus different than every other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world says this, you have to get near to the gods. You have to earn your way there. You have to be better. You have to accomplish more to get there. And then if you're good enough, maybe the gods will honor you in your sacrifice. Or some religions believe this. The reason why they don't believe Jesus isn't just fully God and fully man is they believe that no God would become fully man and dwell with us because we are broken individuals. See, this is the beauty of Jesus' yes. He is our better yes. And our better yes has come near to us. When you don't know who you are, Jesus has come to tell us who we are. Jesus is the one who's come to say, here's who you are. Here is who you and I are. Not just who we are to be set free from our sin. And so when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. But he's come to tell us and to say, hey, this is how I've made you. See, this is the beauty of the church. All of us in this room and everybody online, all of us are wired differently. This is why the church is called the body of Christ. And it takes all of us all of us to be the church. Paul writes this way to second, in 2 Corinthians chapter one, he writes to remind them about who Jesus is. He's going, he is your identity. And listen to what he says to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse 19, he says, for the son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him, it has always been yes. Yes, God is for you. Yes, God has come to save you. Yes, God has come to tell you who you are. 
in Christ. And then he says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ because he anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. What Paul is saying is this, every promise that God made in the Old Testament, every promise to be our provision, to be our protection, to be our future, to be our hope, to be our peace, to be our joy, to be our love is yes in Christ. Do you understand how big of a yes it is when Jesus decided to come here to draw near to us? He came to be our yes. Y'all ever have a meal and afterwards you just want to break out in song? That for me, Buffalo Wild Wings, the mango habanero with the potato wedges and ranches afterwards, I just want to go, yes and amen, right? To the glory of God, those chicken, right? It just makes me want to sing. Now here's why. And this is why I love this. A lot of times we say, you know, we sing it here. Hey, let's all say amen together. And you know what we're really saying when we say amen? We're saying yes. That's what Paul is saying. Every time there is something good, every time you see God and you're reminded that you're set free, a lot of times we don't know what to say, but when we say amen, what we really say is yes, that God, you really are that good to me. That God, I know how much of a failure I am and yet you don't care what I think about myself. You want me to think about how much you think about me. And in those moments, I just wanna go, yes, thank you, God. That you don't start with where I'm at, but God, it starts with you. That God, you see us and you go, I have a hope for you. I have a future for you. It is in Christ. You don't need to have a five-year plan for yourself. You just need to say yes to Jesus and I will change your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. I mean, this is the good news, right? You're like, oh yeah, I'm at church. Amen. Yes. Yes. This is the good news that we get to share with one another. And here's what's cool. You ready? We get to begin to see this, and my hope is over the next six weeks, we'll begin to see more of God's identity at work in you and I. And here's why. Not because of how good we are, but because we simply decided to say yes. Yes, God, I'm going to let you be my Savior. Because here's what Jesus says. He goes, hey, the kingdom of God has come near. Come and say yes, but then he says this, follow me. This is how you and I move forward. We just simply follow Jesus. Too many times I made a mistake. I thought being a Christian was only up to me and how good of a person I could be. You, you know what I'm finding more and more? Here's the metric of being a Christian. If you want to measure how good of a Christian you are, here's the measurement. If you want to know how good you're doing, we ought to measure not by how well we can lead, but by how well we follow. Those are two different things, aren't they? To lead and to follow are two different things. What Jesus in this passage is saying is this, hey, I've come near to you and here's what I want from you. I don't need you to lead your life. I don't need you to organize everything. I just need you to begin to follow me. Matter of fact, the word disciple, this is what I love about the church. The word disciple just means this one word, learner. That you and I are just committed to being learners of Jesus. We're saying, God, we're gonna open your word. We're gonna open our heart. We're gonna open our life and we're gonna learn from you. Here's what's fascinating about this passage in Mark 
Oftentimes when I read the Bible, I'm like, man, God, I just need to be more like the disciples. Obviously, they're writing the word of God, so they're really good. Did you know Mark, his name is actually John Mark, he had a really bad no. It was so bad that it got recorded in Acts chapter 15 because John Mark was the assistant of Paul and Barnabas, the leaders of the church, and he abandoned them on a ministry trip. Just checked out. It was like, I'm out. I'm out. And see, here's what we need to know. Sometimes we've made some really bad no's in life, haven't we? And the thing about it is this. Too many times we define our lives by our no's instead of Jesus' yes. Mark writes the gospel as a broken man who God has redeemed, who is now saying yes to Jesus. And Jesus says, when you say yes to me and you follow me, I will do things in your life that you have no idea. Matter of fact, if you look over in Acts chapter 4, these same guys that Jesus called, Simon and Andrew, James and John, they're the first guys that start the church. And I love what it says about them in Acts chapter four because Jesus leaves, the Holy Spirit comes, the church starts on the first day of the church. Peter gets up and he preaches, 3,000 people got baptized. Unbelievable moment of people saying yes to God. But listen, they began to preach and this is what happens in chapter four of, of the book of Acts verse 12. These guys are preaching and they said, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to man which uh, we must be saved. They're going, Jesus is your yes. He is the only yes that matters in all the world. He's the only yes that can save you. And then listen to what it says in verse 13. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Now, first of all, how would you like that to be described of you in the Bible forever, right? You're like, oh yeah, that unschooled, ordinary Nate, right? You know, you're like, oh man. And that's how they get described. Here's why they got described that way. Because everybody, they're shocked, they're astonished. They're going, how are these dudes preaching like that? Listen to what it says. They were unschooled, ordinary men, and people were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know what that scripture's saying? These men were courageous in sharing the gospel, even though they were unschooled, ordinary fishermen. Here was the difference on their life, and everybody took notice. They said yes. They just said yes. In that moment, when Jesus called them, he didn't go, hey, Peter, follow me, and 3,000 people are going to get baptized at your first sermon. What do you think? You know what he just says? Follow me. Follow me. Too many times, I think, we disqualify ourselves because we feel unschooled and too ordinary. God, what are you going to do with me? God goes, it's not about you. It's about me. And will you say yes to spending time with me? Because here's what happens. When you spend time with me, everything in your life begins to change. Everything begins to change. Some of you are going, Nate, I don't know where to begin following Jesus. Here's one thing I've learned in my life as I follow Jesus and I do it today. This has really helped me to follow Jesus. If you're going, where do I start? You know where's a good place for you to start today following Jesus? Just identify wherever you have tension in your life right now. Now, no, none of us in this room have tension, right? Everybody's great because that's what we tell everybody. How are you? Oh, awesome, 
right? And we're just lying in church, right? You know, but here's the deal. We all know, all of us in this room, we carry tension, all of us online, we carry tension. And here's what Jesus is saying. If you wanna to begin to say yes to me, would you just let me into the tension of your life? Maybe the tension for you is your identity. You can't get over what some of the things you've done in the past, or you can't get over what somebody's done to you, and you go, God, I don't know how to move forward. Okay, would you let Jesus in on that tension so he can begin to move you forward? Not so you just forget about it, but that he, in his yes, in his grace, would move you and I forward. Maybe for some of us, we got relational tension, we got financial tension, we got vocational work tension, and Jesus is saying, in that tension, will you follow me? Will you allow me in? to lead you forward. Because listen what Jesus says here in Mark chapter one. He says, come and follow me. And then I love this line, and I will make you fishers of men. Do you hear what Jesus is saying here? Not only do I want you to say yes, but he goes, here's what happens when you say yes to me, I will make you into this. I will make you into what you can't make yourself into. You don't have to worry about making yourself into this. All you need to do is go, Jesus, I'm gonna say yes to you. God, I'm going to say yes to you in this whole phrase, I will make you fishers of men. What Jesus was saying is this, I have a bigger plan for you. And isn't that what you and I want in our life? We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is why I love about the church. This is what makes the church so special. All of us in this room, we exist for those who are not yet a part of the church. That's why our mission here at Northside is simply this. We are here to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. We are here as a church to fish for men and women. And this is what it means, to help them understand and experience the love and the grace of Jesus. And this is where life gets rich. This is why we're so obsessed about life groups. We're wanting people to be in it because Jesus is saying, here's where life changes for us. Because sometimes this is how I've lived as a Christian too long. Too many times it's just been about me and my faith and Jesus saying, okay, that's great that you're following me. Here's what I want you to do now, Nate. I want you to trust me and to begin to invest your life into others so others can know me, so others can begin to follow me. I love the life group I'm in, and I just want to share a little bit about them. What's so neat about them is this. We got people in their 50s and their 40s and their 30s and their 20s. We got singles. We got married in there. And it is just a fun group. And you go, there is no way any of us would hang out, hang out together outside of being the church, Right? You put us in a lineup, you're like, what are y'all doing together, right? We're like, we're just being the church, man. And one guy, he's a rascal in our group. And, uh, and, he, and every day when he drives by church here and my car will be gone or I'll park on the other side of the building, he knows where I park when I work through the day. He'll send me a picture of my, of my car not being there where I normally park. He goes, sleeping again uh, today, Ross. I see you. And I'm like, don't you talk to your pastor like that, you know? No, but man, it is just so much fun to be a group together and, you know, just to kind of give each other a hard time. But let me just tell you what happens in our group. This is what's so great. We got people all sorts of different levels on their walk about Jesus. But when we come together, we open our lives and we open the scriptures and we all begin to walk in obedience and we all begin to say, God, here's who we're praying for. And Lord, would you use us to do something greater than what any of us could do by ourselves? And every week when we come together, we know we are imperfect people, but Jesus is being faithful and he is making us into something greater. See, this is why Jesus and his call on these guys' life and his call on our life, we will never retire from it. Even when you retire from work, you'll never retire from your purpose. It's to be a fisher of men. It's to reach men and women. 
to bring the gospel, to bring Jesus right there when you coach on a little league field, in your classroom, in your neighborhood, at your bunko group, whatever, right? I'm not here to judge. What I'm saying is this. Will you bring the kingdom of God everywhere you go? Now, here's what I know, and this is what Mark's doing. Some of you are like, your hair's being blown back right now. You're like, whoa, time out, man. Can we go like two miles an hour? You're going like 200 miles an hour, right? It's my first time at church. Mark is just setting the stage to go, do you realize how big Jesus's yes is for you? He's drawn near. He is saying, follow me. I want to walk with you. And not only that, I want to put ministry in your hands so others can experience me. Anybody remember the first time you got your license and you got to drive? You went, are they actually going to let me do this? Right? You're like, those people are crazy. That's why we have insurance. You know? And, you know, but here's the deal, man. I remember that first moment. I remember the first moment when I, when I got my permit and I, had, I could drive, but I had a parent. And I mean, it, it was just this like nervous moment of like, my hands are on the steering wheel now. And I remember the first moment and the first errand because when I got my, my license, it was go get milk and cheese, right? You know, that, that was the first thing that you did, you know, as a kid. But I remember driving to the grocery store for the first time and in my mind going, they're actually putting this in my hands. I'm not experienced. I'm still learning. And all I would do is this, just drive. The beauty of Jesus is this. He is putting the kingdom of God into your hands and my hands. And we want to go, Jesus, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I'll mess it up. No, no, no. Jesus knows this. The only way for you and I to change is for him to put ministry in our hands. To put it in. I will make you fishers of men. God, I don't know what I'm doing. Would you just say yes? Because I do. God, I don't even know who I am. I know who you are. Would you say yes to me? Because I want to help you experience who you are. See, this is why Jesus is a better yes. He's a better yes because he is committed to making us better. This is the beauty of Jesus. He is committed to making us better better as a church. My prayer, man, over the next six weeks is all I'm praying is this, God, would you help us to be a church to say yes? I don't know what your yes is, but we would just say yes. God, I might feel insignificant, but God, I am saying yes to you. Because did you see right after he said, I will make you fishers of men, it says this, Mark captures it. He says, and at once they left their nets and followed him. You know what that translates? Yes. Yes. Okay, God, I don't know everything I'm in for, but yes. Some of you are going, Nate, uh, if you don't notice, we don't have any nets today. <laughs> what do you want me to drop? Here's, here's what Jesus is calling for you and I. It's simply this. This is our prayer over the next six weeks. Would you just give Jesus your best next yes? That's it. Just give Jesus your best next yes. Today, Jesus, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you my yes. I, I might not know all that, what it means, but I, I'm gonna give you my yes. I love it. My wife came in today, she's here at service. 
And she said, hey, I'm so excited. She said, somebody put on Facebook, hey, can somebody grab me a, a journal because I can't get out today. And she's like, we gotta run the journal by so-and-so's house today. And in my mind, I'm going, yes, yes to the yes journal, yes. See, here all it is for us today. Jesus going, I don't know where you are on your journey. I don't, Jesus does. And he's saying, would you just give me your yes? For some of us over the next six weeks, we're praying, like Jesus said, to repent, to turn, really just to turn from your life and to say yes to Jesus and accept him as your savior. And on February 17th, we're gonna do a night of worship and it's gonna be a big baptism celebration as well that night. It's gonna be a phenomenal time and we wanna talk with you. We want you to circle that date. If you haven't been baptized, we want you to say yes and to be baptized. Matter of fact, if you're online, you wanna talk with somebody about following Jesus or to get baptized, just text the word accept to 81411 or if you're here in the room, just swing by out at the living room and talk with somebody today. But to go, I know God's been putting that on my heart and I need to say yes. For others of you though, you, you said yes to Jesus a long time ago. And there's some new things he's calling you to say yes to, to follow him in the tensions of your life. And not only that, there's some of us in this room, we've been following Jesus for a long time, but it's time to move into a new purpose that says this, God, I, I wanna become a fisher of men. I wanna to begin to invest my life. I've just made my faith about me. I didn't realize, God, you were calling me to invest you into others. And over the next six weeks, this is our prayer, that we would just say yes. Here in a moment, we're gonna show a video because Jesus has said yes to us. We're gonna celebrate. We have had hundreds of people say yes in 2020. And too many times we just rush on and we forget to celebrate all of the yeses. And we're gonna see a short video. There's gonna be a song with it for us to worship, to celebrate that people are saying yes. All over the world, people are saying yes to Jesus today. And what I wanna invite you to do right now is just to bow your head with me before we watch this video. Even if you're online, if you just close your eyes. And here, as we're just sitting here for a moment, we've kind of had our hair blown back by how big of a yes Jesus is inviting us into to find him, to follow him, to go fish for men and women, to bring others in. And we're going, whoa, 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 whoa. Right now, just with your head bowed, I just wanna invite you to talk to your heavenly father and just simply say this one phrase, God, where are you calling me to say yes right now? Just talk to him right now. God, the most powerful thing about you is that you just heard every single one of those prayers. Father, you even heard the prayer that couldn't be uttered. Or maybe the prayer that was actually afraid to be verbalized, but you know our hearts. Jesus, I'm praying for your church over the next six weeks, that you would make us into a church that says yes to you. 
whatever fear we have, whatever failure we carry, that we would say yes because you said yes first to us. God, would you help us to deepen our yes in you? Would we look more like you because Jesus, you are committed to us. And right now, God, as we say yes to you, we thank you for all of the hundreds of yeses that happened this last year. And we thank you for all of the thousands of yeses that are gonna happen in 2021 because God, we know people are gonna say yes to you. And so right now, God, would you set our hearts on you above everything else? And it's in your name that we pray, amen.